0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back for a new season of What the Fintech, your fintech figure show. What the Fintech is a news and information platform covering the latest fintech development in Hong Kong, Singapore, China, and Asia. Join us every week for an engaging discussion with uh, various Asian tech figures to discuss about entrepreneurships, emerging te- technologies, customer engagement, and partnerships. Before starting this interview, gentle reminder, feel free to share your question in the comment sections, like, and share. And today we have Artur from Negawatt. Hi Artur, how are you? Hello, Uh, thanks for having me. I'm very happy to have you we met uh, I think it was in July and I had a very cool demo of your application at Times Square here in Hong Kong yeah thank you very much and I also saw like a lot of uh, um, posts about what you are doing in the AG segment uh, what you are doing with other companies is very great so very happy to have you here today
1: thanks for having
0: me Um, the first question I always ask to anyone coming to this podcast is can you introduce yourself who are you where are you from what have you done before and how did you start your company sure
1: Uh, my name is Arthur Arthur Lam and I was born in rates in Hong Kong and I studied in Australia and US and um, before I um, <clears throat> started this journey um, I, I studied engineering in, Hong, uh, in in the US and I came back to uh, Hong Kong and my first job was in finance in hedge fund and um, figure out that it's really not for me makes um, money it pay was great right but at the end of the day being an entrepreneur and being a uh, engineering at heart I thought I want to solve something's more tangible so um, in 2008, I co-founded a company called Synergy back then, and it was an um, a energy management or engineering firm that tried to help buildings to decarbonize and save energy. Because um, back in 2008, the problem was, wasn't ESG. The problem was cutting costs, period, because of financial crisis. So um, most of the developers not paying anything because the market was bad. So what happened was we found a technology, discovered technologies called Um, a uh, energy efficient light bulb okay so it saved 50 percent energy Um, so the business model was quite simple Um, we put in this equipment we install it at no upfront charge to the client and then we sign a contract with and with the client and say okay if we save money with your electricity bill we share the savings right so this is the first i would call a lighting as a service back in 2008 15 years ago so we started in hong kong work with most of the developers in Mm -hmm. hong kong and then Expanded into um, most of the Southeast Asian countries because that's when they need energy efficiency the most, um, and then um, also and expanded in uh, South Africa. So, um, you know, I've executed about four hundred energy performance contracts around over ten countries, and we and we save about two point five billion kilowatt hour. Okay. Um, so it's equivalent of planting about five thousand Victoria Parks worth of trees. So, so that company went okay, right? And then we were able to list on Hong Kong Stock, stock Exchange Main Board in two thousand and sixteen. Okay, so and then we would say, okay, what's next? We French are off. Then I would said, okay, um, discovered a bigger problem, right? It's not energy efficiency. the The bigger problem is actually ESG. So I thought to myself, you know, to save the world, right? The, the bigger problem is how do you save the world? Um, we have to save the environment, that's for sure. But saving the environment alone does not save the world mm-hmm. because you have the people problem that's where the ESG come from, right So I thought um maybe we need to um, tackle the bigger problem of ESG. so at the end before like five six years ago you know, ESG is like um it was like a, a buzzword people not really sure what to do um, you, you you think about it it's just all these like, um, itty greedy stuff—that is a common sense. But if you put them together, if you have to digitize it in a report, it's just a mess, right? So I thought, okay, what's the best way to tackle ESG? Um, and, and it has on a lot of data. Okay, so uh, we we start again in in real estate because um, at the end of the day, ESG is about people. Okay, and the biggest, the best, the the biggest infrastructure that house people is also real estate. So we 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 started a company. Uh, Called uh, now we do called Negawatt. Okay, so um, so we 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 use IoT solutions um, to to digitize you know the building performances in terms of sustainability. Okay, the environment and some social, uh, most of it right, and also with the governance, a little bit of reporting right. So benchmarking stuff like that. So um, yeah, Negawatt. So it's uh, a that's with a company that I'm working with right now.
0: <clears throat> perfect, perfect. Um, you spoke about AI, big data, building management. Yes. One of my questions would be how you bring all those elements together to sure. deliver services. Yeah.
1: So um, the M- MVP, most viable, minimal viable product of NegaWant, or BOS, is that we're trying to solve um, um, temperature fluctuations inside the building. Because um, in Hong Kong, is very infamous of having, like, air conditioning being too cold, right? And um, in the malls and, you know, in the cinemas and the in the commercial real estate and offices, people have to wear coats and they need to sometimes they need to put heaters
0: mm-hmm, inside true. the
1: desk. And why is that? Because, you know, um Hong Kong is being known as a very mature city, right, with premium buildings. And um we, we always have this mindset that premium building means cold air. Right. And and the tenants in the building, right, they they pay a fixed cost to the property management company. Um, which include their A C fee. So when there's any time that when the AC is a little hot, hotter than expected, first thing you would do is you call the property management company and complain. Hey, I paid for my AC fee. Like, when do I? Why not get it? Because Hong Kong people they work so hard, right? And some and some of the uh, com- commercial real estate, um, they cut off that <clears throat> AC uh, supply after like six p.m., mm-hmm. right? So that's the thing that people usually would say, like, okay, I want my cold air, even though obviously they don't need it. Right, so so that's why the engineer was like, okay, full blast, boom, 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 full hundred percent on. Then no one would ever complain about um, AC uh, being too cold. They only complain when the AC is being too hot. Right, so so that's why we see this um, opportunity to, you know, reduce the fluctuation of the indoor temperature. Right, um, so how do we do with AI and how IoT and big data? Right, so we do a lot of modelings. Right, so um with um. Uh, IoT devices like smart meters, IAQ sensors and energy meters, we can actually look at how the building is performing under different circumstances. And these circumstances come from um, different outdoor temperature, um, indoor environmental conditions, number of people inside and activities they're doing. All that is affecting the building cooling load. So once we have enough data that we can do modeling, and say okay under these circumstances i know this equipment is going to perform this much and then the efficiency therefore is this so when i know that um the next two weeks of the weather forecast i know the next two weeks of um uh uh, uh the uh shopping behavior i know it's it's going to be very busy or i know it's going to not be very busy i can then know then predict a better way that uh and preset the equipment in a better um optimized uh settings so it will uh, not make the building to fluctuate its um, uh, air, air conditioning consumption and and the cooling so much. Hence, we reduce energy, right? So it's just like when you're at home, um, I know that um, it's going to be uh, uh, winter, right? And I know that uh, not a lot of people are going to be inside and I know how to set your, a- your AC. And during summertime, I know that it's going to be very hot outside and I- I'm going to have a lot of people coming to party. Then I will know when to switch on the AC at what level to give you the best um, comfort as well as the the, the most energy efficient uh, mold to, to make sure that you have a balance between comfort and also energy efficiency. So that's when we started um, using AI, IOT, how to decarbonize building using big data and other smart building solutions.
0: Um, I saw a couple of very random names and you just mentioned about like some of the projects you have done with them. But when I met you last time, we try an application on your phone. Help to also uh, have like not a big print food on the on the on the on the on the delivery. But if you go for the takeaway food, you can. Uh, collect your ma- your points if yeah. you don't take like the cutlery or yeah. all this uh, equipment. Maybe we can speak about this as well because this is, is very interesting. Yeah.
1: So um, the first MVP for Negawa was the, B- the building OS. Mm-hmm. We focuses on the E and M electrical and mechanical systems at a building. So to decarbonize, we need that. Built that data infrastructure to understand how building equipment performs, right? But I think during COVID, that actually gave us a lot of inspiration. Um, during COVID, we've seen different, different reports saying that um, their building has been decarbonized even further. They've reduced their consumption from like 30, 40% or up. Um, but and I and I saw always see why. Like, wow, um, during COVID, these landlords are not really spending even more. Before to upgrade their building, how do they get that savings? Okay, and and when you read down a little more, a paragraph later, there's always a disclaimer saying because um, our tenants are working from home, because um, there's less foot traffic to the mall, hence their energy consumption is much less. I'm um, like, wow. So um, at the end of the day, um, we know that building itself does not emit um, carbons or consume energy, right? Is the people inside the building emit or, or, or consume those emissions. And so I thought, why don't instead of just disrupting the equipments inside a building, right, um, why don't we go straight for the most valuable asset and disrupt the mindset, which is people. So rather than focus on the E&M of the structure, we, 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 we um, decided to focus on how to disrupt the, the daily habits of people inside a building. So from um, recycling, Right? From donating your clothing to recycle your plastic, uh, metal, um, paper, or whatnot, to um, reducing your plastic consumption from a um, restaurant, okay? to verify that um, with our app. And then you get to, you get to digitize that action to um, gamifying or recording your home utility bills. Okay? So you can compare it to the Hong Kong 2050 net zero target uh, to even walking. Because you're not taking transportation, right? So all of that from daily low carbon lifestyle, um, the app goes zero two, which stands for zero CO2, right? Um uh it will track your impact as an individual on daily lives. Okay. The impact that you do, we will um I would say tokenize it. I don't it's not crypto or anything, it's just a way to say, you know, I give you points, okay, and coins. Um, based on the action that you do, based on the carbon reduction that you do. So, first of all, every impact that you do as an individual, it's all been digitized. Number two, it's um, what these coins will be able to, in return, exchange for a different reward system. Okay. Um, so, we have talked to different merchants. Okay. They're, they're, they're more than happy. To um to to incentivize their stakeholders or their potential customers to incentivize and reward them for being a low carbon um, citizen right so eventually what zero two is is um, through an app we have to, um, we create an ecosystem where we can help individual to um, understand their behavior to track their impact and turn their efforts into incentives for the merchant side we're able to connect them with Sustainable customers, reward them and tell them to ask them to experience a product at a discount. and okay, get and bring bring foot traffic and do sales, right? And also the landlord also are happy because people are not staying home anymore; they going out. Okay, yeah. and in the city, you're actually able to um, engage the stakeholders to um, to to digitize the individual level um, in terms of ESG impact, and, and in the world, of course, we win, right? So it's a uh, it's a multiple win um, solution that it's 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 taking off right now, um, and we have um, f- a few great success story on really how to use the app to incentivize individual collect data point and also uh, prove that how much of this sustainable economy that we're fostering.
0: Can we work through one of the use cases? I yeah, tried one with you yeah. was uh, on a restaurant, but maybe yeah. you have an example you would like to share. Yeah.
1: So I think uh, the ones that we can share right now is probably um, we have a project ongoing with uh, Hong Kong Housing Society, um, and they are the largest non-government NGO um, public housing developer in Hong Kong. Okay. So the project that we have with them is is it's 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 it covers a uh, 150 residential buildings get yeah, and these are the jam-packed, very packed buildings, right? And so um, potential residents, um, um, hundred thousand residents, staff, um, hundred tenants, and also um, it's about like, thirty-five thousand households, right? 100%. So it's it is by far the largest ESG stakeholder engagement program in Hong Kong thus far. No one has done a hundred thousand people. So, so we uh, approached them, um, and and this year two thousand twenty three is their seventh uh, year anniversary, and they they have the there is the a major theme of this year is, is ESG. Okay, so um, he they have looked at are there many different solutions? I mean, they're great solutions too. Like for example, for for to drive E on the ESG, you know they would um, change light bulbs, solar panels, whatnot, like all these stuff that that they do, um, and social they would try to engage. Um, their stakeholders try to ask them to do more sports, um, you know, recycling, um, uh, healthy living, right? <clears throat> and and governance is probably a little harder, as we all know. But you know, they try to do uh, reporting, but there's n- not really a coherent or consolidated effort, right? So so um, when you approach them and say, look, we can actually transform. That the hardest part was actually how to engage the stakeholders, right? And stakeholders being, number one, their employees, and number two, their residents, right? Um, so we, we, we have an app, and then they were our first corporate client that uh, uh, adopted our app. So we create communities inside our app, so it became the kind of like a corporate account for them. So they could keep track on how many people has... Um, download the app that the active user rate and and actually on individual, even on individual level keeping track on what they have done in society on the esg impact so we have launched um over uh just about 3 months now and um the impact was very very great so so the target um was they have 35000 household um the target was 10000 household which is about 30% when you look at any kind of um, entity, we have a thirty percent engagement rate on ESG performances is unheard of. Mm-hmm. For example, if you have a big company like a thousand people company, how would you engage your employees to do ESG? Well, you ask them to switch off the light in the office, or um, you know, uh, use less water or, or throw less trash. But nowadays, people take out the trash can, and and hope they would. Throw, throw less trash. Mm-hmm. Um, does that work? Maybe. I wouldn't say no, but maybe. And in terms of social, they would ask the, uh, the, the employees to go to the beach, right? To pick up trash. Or they would go to uh, uh, the elderly home to to sing and dance and whatnot. Um, but how often do you get to do it? Maybe once a year, right? Because um, for them to engage employees to do um, these kind of social stuff, it's great. Like, don't get me wrong. Keep doing it. But the impact is not really scalable, it's not really repeatable, and it's really hard to digitize um, on the actual social impact, right? Um, so what we do is uh, um, now people that the corporate, which just download an app, engage the employees, um, and they would just say, look, this is um, an app, easy to use, um, even the housing Society people would use. So so keep doing it and record your daily actions because they, they are part of the company, right? So, so back to the Housing Society project, in three months time, we were able to record um, through recycling, through um, going to the restaurants, green restaurant, um, uh, reducing their plastic usage by um, reducing their home utility bills from even walking, right? Which is a very um, hard thing to track right? Um, because in the housing society, most of the stakeholders are um, elderly who are over 65 years old, and they could, they could hardly get out of the, the, the door, okay? So in three months, we were able to record over 65,000 kilometers of walking distance, burning over 3 million calories. And also with the ESG impact that we've done, reducing about 389 tons Of carbon emission, okay, which is equivalent of planting, you know, one thousand, no, uh, sixteen thousand trees or something like that, right? And sixty thousand trees. What's the concept of sixteen thousand trees? It's actually planting three Victoria Parks. One Victoria Park has five thousand five hundred trees. So sixteen thousand trees that means three for Victoria Park. So every month. Um, this community, through the carbon reduction, um, we're able to digitize its equivalent of planting one Victoria Park in a month. So the impact is very hands-on, it's um, digitized, and it's really down to the unit, right? So people could see it, feel it, and, um, and the community, who have built the largest community in Hong Kong in three months.
0: Um, very, pretty impressive, all the figures are very uh, very impressive. If someone here listened about this podcast and discover your profile, your application and want to download it, how can you explain how this person can be engaged with the application right now? And hmm. if you incentive them through loyalty yeah. program or other things?
1: Yeah, so the app is free. I believe doing ESG should be free.
0: Like it's the
1: normal stuff, right? So go to the app store and search for 02, z-E-R-O2,02. 02. download the app. you can play as a normal person. You don't have to be in a corporate to play. Um, of course, if your corporate wants to engage us to consolidate employees' data, feel free to do it. Uh, but as an individual, download the app. So from four we have like we have five pillars of actions, or we call them missions to um, contribute. Number one, recycling. So we have um, set it out, um, different recycling locations. We have um, developed our own IoT smart weight, right, scale. So we would actually bring your recyclables, go there, put your bag of recyclables on the weight, and then scan the QR code, digitize everything. The whole, whole transaction takes about five seconds, right? Um, could be paper, could be plastic, could be anything, clothing, whatnot, e-waste. Um, and um, this, this, the second pillar is um, dining. Right. So you would go to um a coffee shop and say, um, I don't want my um coffee cup, right? Or even I don't even want my coffee mug, right? I don't want my coffee cup or a couplet, right? So they would take a code for you to scan. So it's like leave home safe to verify that is a green transaction, then you get coins. Um, go to our um, FMP outlets, same thing. I don't want my plastic bag. I don't want my cutlery. I don't want my um, whatever. Anything less plastic, they would digitize that. And um, the third pillar is um, home utility bills, okay? Which I take a photo of your utility bills, upload to the, our app, and then we'll calculate automatically for you. And walking, right? Um, uh, we can and uh, tech onto your phone, right? And no GPS, right? Because it's a privacy problem. So we just record the steps that you do right? and then we can calculate for you. And the last pillar is education, right? So we have mini games to increase awareness, to tell people and kids um, what can be recyclable, what's not recyclable, and and um, um, have little mini uh, uh, questions, right? And the stuff that quizzes. That you would do, and just drive awareness, and all those five pillars you can engage on a daily basis, and you can reward to earn points, and the points that you do, you can actually uh uh um in exchange. We have a we have a marketplace in the app as well, so you can actually um re- exchange the, the rewards program, and and it's actually very social as well, right? Now we have leadership board. You can, you you able to refer your friends, so you get more points as well. Um, Later on, we're going to build sub-communities as well, so you can um, track your impact, track the society, track the community that everyone could build themselves, right? So at the end of the day, um, building a social um, and sustainable community is number one. Once you have the community, then you can do something else.
0: And if I, I go to your application, I collect funds. You say you have a marketplace, so can I buy anything? Yeah, is you could like, buy anything, yeah. It's like for sure to go to restaurant or yeah.
1: yeah, we have about 600 different merchants on board right now. Um, and they are from listed companies, from daily spending to um, coming out Disney package offers, right? So at the end of the day, because these people like to do ESG, they need to engage stakeholders to do ESG. So we do not, um, and, and this is drugs or whatever, right? we, we don't promote you know, anything that's not an ESG. But um, even if you talk about steakhouse, right, we still promote that as well, right? Because we, we understand that we cannot just work with companies that are already sustainable. To reach our 2015 net zero target, we need entire world to participate, which includes the not-so-sustainable brands and products. But through this app or this campaign, we can start and help them on the digital transformation journey and for sustainability. And maybe then well, you, you cannot just say like, okay, you're not a green company. You're not entitled to be here. Well, you would never change the world if you do that. But if you said, if you said, okay, you can start doing this, engage your employees, maybe like think about um, you know, instead of um percent uh, of your product it's it's non-sustainable I and mean, maybe you have one product. Over there, so people could even think about have have little impact. That's all that little sparkle to change, right? Because we change has to be gradual, okay? So we think that it has to be inclusive, and we need to give enough incentives for people to change, and um, which drive the most impact or for the world.
0: Do you see any challenge for your company in terms of adoption from the customer or from the corporate working with you um, to create a? a Nice and kind ecosystems where MegaWatt can or zero two can be there and yeah
1: there. yeah because well the concept of ESG um it itself is quite complicated right it's complicated in the way that everything has to everything is trivial when you have to put them together in 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 a digital form it's complicated right so so essentially zero two is an ESG super app think about it sustainability digitization recording reports and e-marketplace right so we try to do that but i think people are now more uh, likely to understand um any kind of super app but um at least the, the the value proposition that we're giving to individual is two things number one convenience to do esg they can track the impact and number three they are incentivized and rewarded for the good cause like No one ever said that being ESG, being a good person, being a good citizen, should always be a voluntary, non-incentivized way. No one said that, right? So why don't we do that? Why don't we promote? Why don't we reward people who are doing good, which is the essential, what is reward should be, rather than asking people just to pay more to earn more. Mm -hmm. So this is very different. It's not a loyalty program. A lot of your program is when the mall, come up with an app, track how much they're spending their shops in return <clears throat> to get cash rebate. You get 10,000, you spend $10,000, you get $1,000 rebate. You get 2,000, you spend $20,000, you spend $2,500 rebate. Voila, everyone's happy, right? But the problem is um, in Hong Kong, the median income per household average is only $27,100. How do you ask these 90 plus percent of families in Hong Kong to spend over $20,000 in a day in a mall, right? While they need to spend money somewhere else too, right? So they don't get the savings. They don't get the rebates. Only the rich people get rebates. But the rich people, they don't need that rebates to begin with, mm-hmm. right? So that's why I think um, when we work with housing society, we're able to not only empowering their residents to be a planet hero, to give them the corporate social, not corporate, but like, I would say Hong Kong resident or, or citizen social responsibility, right? They actually can get to contribute as well. And also we can improve their living standard, why? Because um, this is not a pay to earn, is a G to earn concept. So people would drive impact and they're rewarded by discounts. So essentially they're buying power, it's fifty percent off. The pine power is doubled, right? So, so we have over like two hundred million dollars of incentives on our app right now. And <clears throat> average, like it's fifty percent off. It go as much as ninety percent off. So people are happy. So there has a reason for individual to adopt. Number two, in terms of corporate, um, I don't think there's actually another way, a system, systematic and digitized way that can consolidate and engage their employees instantly all at once and effectively, right? So for example, if you have a company of say 10,000 people <clears throat> easily, right, um, and um, their average salary per day, $3,000 or $2,500 per day, if I wanna engage a company to do ESG, employee engagement, 10,000 people Time two thousand five hundred dollars a day on salary that has cost twenty five million dollars. So for a company to engage their employee ten thousand people, their cost is twenty five million, and that has a factor in the uh, opportunity cost, right? Because they need to pro- do actual work. So how can you ask the corporate to um, just blindly ask them to take oh, it take five days, ten days out of their a year to do ESG. Very difficult. That's number one. And number two, it's hard for them to even to digitize the work, right? How much more resources does a company has to uh, to invest to collect this data, the ESG impact from their 10,000 employees? Different. And also the incentives. Where do you get them from? So for corporate, I think um, we are um, signing different corporates right now. That they are using our system to engage their employees, increase not just awareness, but actually allow them to conveniently do ESG to digitize that so we can consolidate this data for the report and also promote wellness, right? Because you walk, you do sports, you get points as well, okay? So all of that can be tracked, right, and digitized. And that's why um, I saw the Oh, it's all not just a pain point, but also a blind spot for for people, uh, for companies right now. Because if you talk about ESG or ESG report, they always um, have a big section about something called double materiality assessment. It's about <clears throat> it's about how the world is affecting the company to manufacture the product and services. That's one part. Um, the other part is how the product and services is affecting back to the world. Right? So when you look at the first part of the double materiality assessment, they look at oh okay, how the factories are running, what kind of raw materials they're doing, um, are they polluting the environment? are they uh, keeping their um, their staff and the stakeholder happy while they're manufacturing the product, their delivering services? Um, so, that's quantifiable, right? But the blind spot is I don't think there's any company right now. It's tracking the most valuable asset of a company of the ESG performances. And the most valuable asset of a company, the greatest product of their company is their people. Right? We all can agree that. So that is a blind spot. Right. So, so um I was very happy um because I think Apple, can I can say Apple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Apple um, just launched a video about three weeks ago or a month ago where the entire Apple senior management um, uh, has a meeting with Mother Nature. So when the Mother Nature walks in, waltz in um, through the wind, and she was like, okay, who's here to disappoint me first? Because the other three companies were very disappointed, right? So, But Apple was very impressive. Right. um, uh, Material status, energy performances, clean energy, blah, 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 recyclable materials. So it's it's all about double materiality. And um, one of the staff, right, said they're uh, by, I don't know, 2025 or something, by the time frame, they are um, eliminating all leather products, okay, from the Apple phones or Apple products. And that person, that staff was actually wearing a leather jacket. Okay. So Mother Nature was like, "Whoa, okay. Are we going to eliminate you as well because you are wearing leather jackets?" So this is um that point that I realize people are actually looking at the employee's impact. Why is that? Because right now when you talk it like the ESG the G part, right? Um, um most uh, most of the 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 CEOs their bonuses are actually tied in with the company's sustainability commitment, right? You have made that commitment two, three years ago, five years ago. Now you actually got to deliver. You cannot just claim something and not deliver and just say, slap on the hand, okay, do better next year, right? So now the company, yes, CEO, the top management, the, the bonus is a with ESG KPI. Um, as, an, as, a, as a CEO, what do you do? Obviously, you just delegate this KPI into the different um different sectors right different verticals so it will trickle down eventually to employees so if the ceo has kpi why doesn't the employee has kpi too right you do your job right you also as because you're paid um by the company to to live in a city right this is your responsibility to the city so this is um it, it goes into um, a, uh, the new scope of emissions, right? There, there's always scope one, scope two, scope three emissions. Now um, this uh, carbon reduction emission outside your um, supply chain is called scope four emissions. You can look it up, right? At the end of the day, it's really trying to co- conceptualize and impact digitize your people, how your people is affecting the world, right? So, so this is what um, our 0 to app
0: is actually doing. Um, I would like to come back a bit on this app. Uh, how do you iterate the different version of it? How do you iterate the development of new product or services uh, with your end customer, like the person using the application, or the corporate you're working with?
1: So, um, um, because we are, are it's, it's it's it falls into a lot of marketing, right, um, and also people development. Right, so there's the all when I work with companies right now, I always get to work with, you know, the marketing team and also the HR team, and and at the end of the day, um, company when they do the ESG planning for the next couple of years, they would also try to leverage our app to engage the employees because this is what there's they are they it's quantifiable, right? So, um. Uh, sometimes we do some kind of like consultancy services and also marketing services, right? We come up with new content or um, come up with campaigns, right, to engage employees. So the app itself is a tool, right? It's packed with different kind of missions. It can be customized as well, right? But I think at the end of the day is how do we leverage the app to change people? And from changing people, marketing, execution, engagement.
0: Perfect. And um, you are only in Hong Kong or do you also exp- like expand your reach to other countries, other cities?
1: Yes. So um, we are currently in Hong Kong. Right. But um, we we're fortunate enough that earlier this year, uh, in 2023, February, we were part of the Hong Kong delegation with uh, our chief executive, John Lee. And we were invited as one of the 13 companies to sign a strategic MOU with the local um, government. Okay, So we signed an MOU um, with um, a master city, which is a joint venture between uh, BP and also uh, All right, and, and the master city is a very sustainable, it's probably the most sustainable city um, currently in, in the UAE. And um, it's very impressive. It's 600, 600 hectares, a couple hundred, uh, hundred buildings and then and their housing I think uh, around 50,000 people residents so um, we were pitching them and the concept of how do you build actual a sustainable city number one you need to have a sustainable digital infrastructure which is the BOS that we had before but even more importantly how do you connect and and embrace and empower individual level right how do they become sustainable and how do you digitize the impact and how do you actually at the end of the day promote. Um, economy development so they saw the app and it's like this is brilliant right you have a smart city you have the digital infrastructure and then you have the app to engage the residents and then they would put them together so you would be a closed-loop ecosystem so uh, we have been working with them in the last couple of months um, we signed the MOU in, um, in the early edition in February and um, after a few months of due diligence case studies and And market research, we signed um, um, a a more specific one uh, during the Belt and Road Summit. Um, And we're happy that we're going to engage them. And we'll be going to the UAE market, right? So not just UAE, but we're also looking at other um, Belt and Road countries as well. So this is where I think that it will drive impact in Belt and Roads.
0: Perfect. Congratulations. I think we're running out of time, but I have a last question for you. Do you see some uh, similarities between Hong Kong and UAE and maybe other companies or countries you're speaking with? Or do you see a big difference in the way that you can engage the different end users in those different places?
1: Uh, yeah, um, I think it's a, the a uniqueness of our product, right? So the concept of sustainability everywhere is the same. And um, the LBOs smart building platform, there are hundreds of different suppliers in the world, IoT. Um <clears throat> at the end of the day is about um execution, is about the delivery, um capability. Everyone could say like, yeah, sure, I can help you decarbonize, I can help you digitize, all that. But at the end, down down at the end it's about execution. It's about efficiency. It's about um do you know your stuff? Right? And um and uh, there are also big companies out there. Um but um I think uh, um, the big companies, right? Um, they're good brands. They, they're well-established brands. They, are, they have great, phenomenal product. But I think um, it de- de- depends on the customer segmentation, right? There are the big brands are selling the Ferraris and the Honda, uh, the, the, the Lamborghinis and the Maseratis. Well, but we actually are not. We're selling our strategy is selling the Hondas and Toyotas and Kias, right? You know we. We need to suck in volume because uh, much smaller scale, more 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 scalable, and and um, we create more communities that way. Um, But um, and then also on the other hand, has um, other companies also has a concept of gamification with an app. Um, But um, some are just uh, on a um, honesty system based, right? And um, and no one is that that sophisticated because at the end of the day how do you digitize offline data you also have to rely on iot right because it's the offline data um the equipments can give you the automatic data collections right so it's actually creating two different industries two different type of companies and infusing them one is the smart building enm one is a fintech kind of like gaming app so um i don't think there's anyone um right now that actually is, is offering both as a total solution right so this is what um a more holistic uh, way to do it
0: very impressive where people can learn more about you about your company about your products
1: um easily um go on to our website um uh uh zero two dot app, app. Um, happy to um, add me on Instagram. My my handle is Arthur Lamb um one five three nine, right? I'm um, also can link in me. You can search for Arthur Lamb um Negawant, Negawatt N E G A W A T T Arthur Lamb A R T H U R L A M. Happy to chat about ESG prop tech. Um, ESG, FinTech, carbon trading, carbon credit, carbon, like I don't know, green financing, digital transformation, education, people change, you know, all that I try
0: to get inspired to from different um, leaders as well. Perfect. Thank you very much for coming today. It was a pleasure for me to have you here.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.